Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. We have a very special episode for you today. Lucasfilm was kind enough to give us a spur-of-the-moment interview with Vanessa Marshall, the wonderful actress who plays Hera Syndulla on Star Wars Rebels. One of our hosts, Stephen, had the pleasure of recording this interview with our good friends Eric Geller from The Forcecast and Teresa Delgado from Jedi News. It will be cross-posted on their podcasts as well, so make sure to check them out. Without further ado, I'll turn this over to Eric for the first question. Hi, Vanessa. Um, Hi. You're clearly a lifelong Star Wars fan. Um, do you have a favorite uh, childhood memory of, of your experience with Star Wars? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because it, it's almost like my life can be organized around where I was the premiere of each one. Now, I didn't, the first one I did not see at some big premiere. I sort of fell into it by accident, and then my whole life erupted from that point on. But um, I have like five different moments, um, you know, seeing, seeing the different films. I mean, clearly, when I saw A New Hope and I saw the Imperial Destroyer sort of come across the screen and there's that low rumble and all the music and all that, it, it, that grabbed hold of me. And that's really the the biggest, the most special memory. But there, it's funny. There are a few. I, we probably don't have time to go through each of the six films and where I was. <laughs> but but I love that I can reflect on my life in that way. That's pretty profound. <laughs> so then I'll kind of ask a follow up. Ben, what was your reaction when you first found out that you were going to be playing Hera on Rebels? Oh, I, I, well, I had sort of a biochemical thing happen where I couldn't breathe. <laughs> and, um, my knees fell out from underneath and, uh, I started crying <laughs> to be honest. Um, I was just so grateful and I literally kept saying like, I have no idea how I got so lucky. I just kept saying that over and over. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope I can do it justice. And, uh, I have such a reverence for it that it's almost odd being such a huge fan of it to step through and sort of pierce that veil and go into the, the creation of, you know, the new stories that are actually, you know, we're visiting the formation of the Rebel Alliance in our segment of the narrative. Um, but it, these are stories that are untold, um, and I've had my speculations, so I'm sort of learning as I go. And then I have to be very quiet until you guys see what I've been experiencing. <laughs> I have to flail in private, <laughs> uh, which is kind of the hardest part, the cone of silence. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I met uh, Mark Hamill about 12 years ago, and he was at my voiceover agency, and he was sitting on the couch. And I opened the door, and it was Luke Skywalker. He, he was sitting on the couch. It was Luke Skywalker sitting on the couch, dude. <laughs> I could not speak to him. I, I, I turned away. I didn't even go in to read my audition that day because it was just too much. <laughs> like, so you know, to, to work alongside uh, people who created the Clone Wars, I had a similar rever reverence for 
all things Clone Wars, um, I've had to sort of like make it okay that uh, I, I'm stepping into that world. It's been slightly awkward, but the best kind of awkward I can imagine. Um, a real quality problem. Uh, how's that? <laughs> it's an right. honor. In 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 a phrase, it's an honor. <laughs> so, Vanessa, I know that a lot of people kind of ask you all the same kind of questions, but <laughs> so I'm going to ask you something a little bit different. Okay. Um, if Millennium Falcon and the Ghost were in a race, Ooh. which one would win? I'm going to go with the Falcon every time. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no no offense against my my very own vehicle, but um, I, I, I don't know. I, the Falcon wins for me every time. I mean, I've thought about it. I mean, it remains to be seen. We'll see what the Ghost can do. I do think Hera's piloting skills are impressive, and some of the things that I've seen animated are blow my mind, and uh, I'm so proud of all the work that they've done. Um, but hands down, I mean, I, you know, I love the Falcon. I got my Lego set upstairs, so it's like every day I kind of greet it, and then I move on. So I go with the Falcon. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> we'll get more information about the ghost. We can revisit that question later. How's that? Yeah, but either now we'll have to reenact it with like a Lego Falcon. Yes, I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Oh, is it back to me here? Sure. Um, let's see. Um, okay, so. Uh, Vanessa, uh, you've huh? talked a lot about how exciting this is for you. Um, can you can you recall anything that was unexpected that when you went in for it, any part of this experience that that you've been just really surprised by? Um, hmm. Well, there are a couple things. Uh, there are certain people that I've met, um, like Simon Kinberg. I'm a huge fan of him, and of course Dave Filoni and all of Lucasfilm. Um, it's, it is so sublime to be colleagues with these people that, again, it's almost like I disassociate because I can't believe I'm actually, Simon Kinberg is the nicest dude, and I had just seen X-Men, so I was freaking out, and I'm standing there, and he's just like any other guy. He's so kind and lovely and charming and unassuming and, you know, generally that's sort of the vibe of the whole show. And not that I expected uh, them to be sort of cold and uh, distant, but it's been really wonderful to kind of step into this creative family uh, where, <clears throat> you know, they, they really ask us what we think and we're able to participate in the creative process. and. Dave welcomes any lines that we want to contribute. You know, Freddie comes up with some really funny stuff. And um, and we all give each other feedback. Uh, Freddie helps uh, Taylor a lot of the time, which I find interesting because it's sort of like a Jedi, wa uh, watching a Jedi train his Padawan, literally. Um, there's, there's that element, um, sort of the cozy nature of the creative process. Um, and I'm trying to think there, I mean, there have just been so many unexpected things. I think when I went to uh, Star Wars weekends, 
and I'm sitting uh, on the top of a car, and the music is playing from A New Hope, and all these people are screaming. That moment was pretty insane. I don't think you could ever explain what that feels like to be in one geographical location. Well, I mean, if you've been to Star Wars Celebration, which I've never done, you probably know what I'm talking about, but that collective energy celebrating what George Lucas created, I've never felt anything like that in my entire life and never would have guessed when I was watching the movie in 1977 that I would ever be that close to so many people. I I felt really uh, like I've been basically loving Star Wars by myself for the longest time, and I feel like I've finally found the whole fan community, and it's just been um, really special. And I knew that anyone, I see a dude in the market wearing a Millennium Falcon shirt. We, it's on like Donkey Kong. We, we talk for like an hour and his wife's looking at me like, I have ulterior motives and I don't. We're just rapid about, you know, episode seven. Or, <laughs> um, I have instant friendships with people who are fans of Star Wars. And uh, I knew that, but on that level was really shocking. I'm very excited to go to Celebration my head will probably explode. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think on the professional level, it's sort of the the kindness and the collaboration and the wonderful fans and really lifelong friends that I've made. I've, that's never happened. I've played Wonder Woman, I've, you know, and I'm a comic book geek. I, believe me, I, I've lock horns with... DC fans, my friend loves Superman, we go at it. Never have we, I've never bonded with any, I've never high-fived someone over Wolverine. You know, no offense to any of those franchises, I just, it's just surprising how much of a family is born out of the Star Wars saga. Um, don't get me wrong, I can wax poetic on Marvel and DC. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It, it's just, it's a, really a, a beautiful thing. Maybe with Guardians of the Galaxy, they will, uh, you know, people will be high-fiving each other on that level with that franchise. But to date, I've never experienced anything like this. It's a great community. So, Vanessa, to go back to something you were saying about, you know, the lines and stuff you guys are saying in the show, I want to ask a question about a line from... Spark of the Rebellion, since I think mm-hmm. all of us have seen it, but there was some allusion to a relationship between Kanan and Hera in one of in the short clip we saw at Star Wars Weekend, and then in the novel of A New Dawn, and then there's the line where she calls him love. How do you see their relationship? Is it like Han and Leia to you? No, not at all. Okay. No, I I think that Hera is incredibly organized around her mission. I think it is the most important thing to her. It transcends any silliness by comparison like romance. That's, this is my personal feeling. I, I Maybe more will be revealed to me in terms of the plot. But from what I can tell, there is an affection there. I think she calls him love the way my friends in the UK say, hello, love. Oh, love. You know, it's not like literally, I love you. Um, it's more of a term of endearment and a, a, an affection and a sweetness that they share. 
but I honestly, they need fuel and they need food. And, you know, cuddles at night, not really that important. So at least from where I'm standing, I think there may be an attraction there, but my guess is that there is so much, the stakes are far too high to be engrossed in something as petty as uh, romance. That's my personal feeling, and I, I really respect her for that. Uh, I I wanted to see more in A New Dawn. I really hoped that I would learn, like, oh, now, see, look, they had this huge history. I never read that. So I do get the sense that they're attracted to each other, um, but I think that they respect each other and honor each other in a way that's almost deeper than that kind of a relationship. They, they're platonic, but that you know doesn't mean there's poten- there isn't potential. I think there is. Um, but that they're way more organized around saving people's lives and, um, you know, preventing future genocide. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not on their mind, really. I don't know. That's just my experience. Whereas Han and Leia is like the greatest love story of all time, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I love you. I know. Are you kidding me? Uh, I don't... I know that Kanan is a Jedi cowboy and all that. Yes, he's a maverick. And yes, Hera has that wit and uh, biting humor that Leia has. And they do sort of go back and forth. But uh, I think Han and Leia are on a totally different level. And they were destined to be together, in my opinion. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're going to learn together is, is what I am guessing at this point. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see if there is a romantic connection. At, at this time, I'm not, I, I don't get a sense of that. But more will be revealed. I think they make a lot of good points. I think that Kanan is head over heels for Hera, though. If just from a new dawn. <laughs> they just look from the books. He likes well, her. okay, look, I think Kanan is organized around those agendas. Definitely. But unlike Han, he's not necessarily in it for money. He lost his Jedi Master in Order 66. He has been mortally, well, not mortally, but deeply wounded by that injury. His soul is forever damaged. He has lost everything. And he's wondering if he still can believe in the Force. That's, that's, he's got a lot on his mind. And I think that romance is somewhat of a diversion from the pain that he has experienced at the hands of the Empire. And um, that's totally different than Han having to pay a bit of a debt and feeling the pressure uh, from Boba on his back. Or, you know, um, so... Not that the stakes weren't high in all of the original trilogy films. Obviously, they were quite high, but um, I I don't know. People are more damaged um, directly at this point, it seems. So, anyway. So, I also have to kind of ask, uh, obviously, you provide kind of the voice of Hera, but have you had any input into, like, how she shows up in A New Dawn or how she develops throughout the series? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, I, I learn along with you guys, sort of. I mean, I, I have a few months ahead of you, but 
um, yeah, no, I delight in discovering. I mean, I I read A New Dawn in like a night. So I was like, give me more. <laughs> I, I wanted more. I had no idea what they were going to do with that plot. Um, I mean, Dave has mentioned certain things that about her history and so on and so forth. Um, some of them I'm not allowed to talk about, so I won't. But I'm really interested in um, finding out more along with you guys. <laughs> but I have not had any input, nor would I want to, as a matter of fact. I, I love discovering it. So, um, Not that they wouldn't want to hear my opinion. They, they might, but um, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> sure. So, Vanessa, when you're reading A New Dawn, and obviously, I mean, you know, to the outside world, you are Hera, um, but it, yeah. it's also a separate product that, like you said, you're not involved in directly. So are you able to read it as just a book or was it constantly going through your mind that this is something that's setting up, you know, the kind of person that you're playing? That's a great question. I, in reading it, I felt like I was given more information to help understand how Hera is organized. I know that it helped me from the point after which I read it from then on. I had such a deep sense for the lives that have been lost that she witnessed the injustices. I, I also was able to see how cunning and uh, perceptive she is, how discerning, how calculated, how skilled. And I mean, these, these were words prior to reading A New Dawn, but once I really immersed myself in that, I felt like I, I really, really understood why she yearns to help build the Rebel Alliance, although she doesn't even have that language. You know, she doesn't know that she's doing that per se because they're just sort of living day to day. But um, I respected Hera even more after reading A New Dawn. So it was almost like food for an actor prepares or something, you know. It gave me a lot more history and context, not the uh, bit about did they ever have a romance, however, obviously, but, um, but it did help me understand her. And also, she wasn't that quick to get with Kanan, and um, I got to see more how and why she chooses people to travel along with her, what her priorities are. Um, so yes, I mean, I read it as a fan of Hera, but I think it was more a tool for understanding her better to bring her to light for you guys. Uh, it was exceedingly helpful. I, I'm assuming you guys have read it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> now you just <laughs> spoiled all of it for us. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh crap! Spoiler alert. Uh oh. What's so speaking of um, Hera choosing kind of the crew that she's going to have on the ghost, there's a certain little character that appears in the movie premiere on Spark of Rebellion. His name is Kit Um, what, When did you first see him, and do you love him as much as I do? <laughs> <laughs> Kit Lar, I'm, I okay, I've not seen, I don't think I've seen Kit Lar. I'm sorry, but... Uh, you haven't seen the... the the premiere movie yet? No, I saw the premiere movie. K 
Kip, my baby Wookie. Oh, Kitwar. I didn't know that was his name. Oh, my God. That little guy. Oh, pull it on my heartstrings. Right? Yeah, yeah no. For real. Forgive me. Uh, sorry. It, you know, there are so many names, and then it, it's like centuries until I see something animated. I'm flailing so hard. <laughs> Catching the little Wookiee's name. Forgive me. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm sorry. Yes, that was um, a very touching scene. I have never. I wanted to like scream at someone to save that little Wookie, <laughs> and I'm so glad that Ezra did the right thing. Uh, you know, because we read these things on the script, they're sort of they're they're words on the page. Like you can't quite convey how that's going to impact you as a viewer when you see those big eyes and how sad he looked and I'm so glad that he was reunited with his family there. Um, yes, of course. I love Kitwar. <laughs> well, just so you know, I'm starting a hashtag campaign of we want more Kitwar. Oh, so. I love it. That's that's so awesome. <laughs> okay, I will I'll be like the 10,000th person to like that and join you in your mission. <laughs> Aww. I think he should join the, the crew of the ghost eventually when he gets older, of course. Well, you know, he did say, and Sabine translated, if you ever need us, the Wookiees will be there. So that's a good sign. Sounds like second season material to me. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Kitwar goes to college. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed the, the poor kid's name. <laughs> Forgive me. I only knew it because I read the visual guide. The um, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I have that upstairs too. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go look into that. Brush up on my Wookie names. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> I, I join your movement right now. Well, you know I'm going to get behind anything that's cute and cuddly. I mean, come on. There it is. You're going to put something with that big of eyes in there. I know. It's so funny. I, everyone asks, what's your favorite film? And I say, Return of the Jedi. And they're like, oh, you like Ewoks? Yeah, you know, Ewoks are fine. No, that's not why I like that movie. But um, but they are kind of cute. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Eric, Steven, anything? Oh, so this might be a dangerous question coming up after Kitwar, but other than Hera... And mm -hmm. kind of just going off of the Spark Rebellion, because that's always seen, if you had to pick one character to be Hera's crewmate on the Ghost, who would you pick? One out of all of them? Oh, that is a... Out of all of them. Wow. That, mm, good, uh, that is a really good question, and my brain is rifling through. I mean, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. First of all, I'm like, dude, you need the Jedi. Go with Kanan. <laughs> you, know, you want someone with Force sensibility by your side. Then I'm like, but without Chopper, who's going to man the back gunner? You know, that, that guy fixes everything. Sabine, she's got her specialty in explosives. She's amazing. How could I live without her? Zeb's brawn and his humor? Oh, man. You know, my first thought was Sabine because she's Mando. <laughs> but 
I don't know that I could live without any of the other characters because we all bring such essential, unique talents to the crew. That is, I, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. That is a really tough question to answer. Yeah, that's fine too. It was, it was meant to be, you know, the really hard question, the one you can't answer. Yeah, I don't accept that. I mean, I think, and that's the success of the writing. That the way this motley crew, everyone keeps calling us a motley crew, <laughs> like, but but this band of rebels, you know, the that the way they fall together is so it's so lovely how they all complement one another. I mean, Ezra is hilarious to me. His swagger. Is <laughs> so awesome, and his ignorance simultaneously it is just. I love that kid. I love that kid. Uh, yeah, Taylor is always reading the most fascinating literature. Like I look over, and he's reading uh, Pema Children, and I mean I hope I'm not revealing things he doesn't care for the public to know about him, but I mean. Still waters run deep. That kid has got a lot going on in his mind. It's so fun to watch him. This is his first voiceover job, and um, this is the first one he's ever auditioned for. And he's here. He is. He's fallen into the Star Wars saga of all things. And um, yeah, he's really he really is a lot like Ezra because he has this you know humor that he brings and. Uh, yeah, I wish you guys could be at the record sessions <laughs> to see what I'm talking about. He's hilarious. <laughs> I think we wish we could be too. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That's a great question. The sessions that you guys have together, um, obviously this is sort of Dave's um, second run at doing this kind of thing for Star Wars. Mm. Has he given any indication or said anything about the ways in which um, Clone Wars sort of prepared him or made him better for um, working with actors on, on Rebels? No, he hasn't said anything to that effect. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure working with those geniuses uh, on the Clone Wars, I'm sure that gave him plenty of practice at, at uh, you know, discovering how to speak to actors. He's he's really great. I mean, I've said this in other interviews, but he meets with us prior and sort of explains the beginning, middle, and end of, of the episode. Obviously, we've all read it the night before or the week before, uh, but he sort of organizes us around the agenda, the feeling, why this is important in the overall narrative. And um, we do sort of like a locker room group huddle, and we break, and then we break the script down. And, and, you know, he cracks jokes the whole time and um, it stays really light and fun and we all obviously focus and care a huge amount about it and we get the work done. Um, but he hasn't mentioned anything. I mean, my guess is that guy has so much going on that he wouldn't even have time to think that thought. <laughs> He's like, the guy is a... I don't even understand the work schedule that they have. They really are creating such magical things and so quickly um but that's also a really good question he's never mentioned it <laughs> yeah i see so did vanessa did you know that james arnold taylor was going to be in rebels 
Uh, okay, no. And when I got that script and I saw his message, you know, the one that you've seen, I screamed so loud that my neighbors <laughs> thought I was being assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, I, the moment I read that on the script, well, actually, there, I wasn't sure if it was going to be James. I, I prayed that it would be. I was just thrilled to see Obi-Wan's name on the page. Um, and then uh, I ran into him, and yes, oh, I was so, so happy uh, to see and hear him in the episode. Um, man. That, I mean, that happens almost every script. I have to be careful where I read it. Because <laughs> I'll either start crying, because <laughs> some of these things are so momentous. I mean, for hardcore Star Wars people, there, there are things that are going to happen in this story that like give me chills, literally. Literally give me chills. Um, and, uh, yeah, seeing Obi-Wan's name on the page was, was, uh, such a relief. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm so glad that he's in the show. So. So it sounds like what you're saying is there's going to be things like that, that will make us go like, wow, they really are paying close attention to like things that have happened in the past. Oh, Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I that the whole team, the entire creative team holds the history in such high regard that I mean Pablo Hidalgo, the lord of all <laughs> Star Wars knowledge, that dude's on hand and I mean he breaks it down. It's next level. He's next level. <laughs> um yeah, there there are elements that harken back to things that that uh, are very very moving, and also pull us forward into uh, the original trilogy in ways that it'll echo forward. And you know, you think like, well, wait a minute. So when this happened and that happened, <gasps> what? You know, <laughs> there's a lot of that too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, this, this is going to be a kind of another odd question. Uh-huh. But, like, to paint the picture, sure. if someone up in Lucasfilm, I don't know, maybe Dave, maybe someone else, has come to you and they need a one-word tagline for season one of Rebels, and for whatever reason they decide that you are the person to give it, if you give one word to the season, what, what would you pick? Wow. One word? One word. Yeah, it kind of goes underneath the movie posters and things like that. Gosh, that is a really good question. I've got like three rattling around. One, only one. I want to say believe, but also the word hope comes to my mind and spark, none of which would look good on a poster. But I'll explain them. Believe because their faith in their cause drives them. And it's really astonishing to see what a group of people can do when their actions tell you who they are. They're not just talking. 
they believe what they say and they're doing it. And that kind of faith in a mission of any kind is something I want to watch every week. Um, and I would say hope because quite literally this is what is driving us towards a new hope. And when things are bleak and seem so hopeless all around them, the, the possibility of, and I say possibility because they don't know where they're heading as we don't now um, in our, in our own lives, but that they let that hope guide them despite carnage all over. And then the, I love that they say the spark of the rebellion, the word spark would look horrible alone on a poster, (laughs) but the idea of it, you know, I said this, I spoke to these mommy bloggers and I said to them, I said, you guys are literally embodying the idea of on a scale in their own personal lives that, you know, we have these sort of sparks, these ideas that let's say inspiration and to actually do something with it. I have like a million great ideas. Um, I don't necessarily act on all of them. Do you know what I'm saying? That there, that if if we all followed through on some of our uh, plans to make things better, and we actually saw it through to its natural end, um, that would be uh, a profound thing for us to see in our own lives. But I think it's also something that would drive me to want to watch it every week, is to see where that one spark that brought these people together and sort of threw them into these crazy circumstances, these adventures in outer space, if you will, that, that, you know, they just keep coming out on top. They never know that that's going to be the case. Um, So, yeah, man, I I don't know, (laughs) in one word. Those sounded good to me, so. Yeah, I almost want to say buckle up, but (laughs) that's too... (laughs) Because you definitely, you definitely should buckle up. Because it's going to be a wild ride. It is fantastic. I, I am so thrilled. Yeah. So as we look back at, uh, well, we're looking forward at Rebels, and we just had these Clone Wars story reels posted. Um, and I know you've said that you've you've watched the Clone Wars before. Um, do you have like a favorite story arc or or something that to you really speaks the whole purpose of the show? Well. Uh, to me, uh, the the whole bit uh, on Onderon really it seems to foreshadow the Rebel Alliance uh, with Saw Gerrera and um, uh, you know they, the uh, Anakin and Ahsoka go back and sort of teach them how to fight against the oppression that they're experiencing on Onderon. Um, I think it's season five, sort of somewhere at the beginning. Um, and uh, yeah, wow, it, 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 that to me was very profound. I do. I hope. I kind of. I want uh, Bon Terry to come back. I really hope that some of those characters get to be revisited because I think that we need all the help we can get. And those are sort of seeds that were planted, even in the Clone Wars. That I really, really hope that that. Uh, we can make use of the distinctions that they made in that episode. And I believe one of them, they were, be, they were accused of being terrorists and they mm-hmm. specified that the difference between terrorism and rebellion is 
uh, you know, terrorism is just sort of random acts. Obviously, there are philosophies behind those acts, but a rebellion is about reacting to something that is wrong, oppression, genocide, that rebellion is born out of uh, love for humanity rather than a violence for violence sake. And um, I've obviously the writers of Clone Wars did it in a much more eloquent fashion than I just did. But I do think that these characters in Star Wars Rebels are organized the same way. They are not out, you know, kicking butt because they can. I mean, Hera's a very skilled fighter on land, in the air. She's only doing that because she cares about the lives that may be lost if she doesn't. And, um, Every time that happens, I do think to that episode in Clone Wars and how they learn to fight against and do the right thing and risk everything to, to uh, you know, turn over the government or whatever and and, um, and help liberate their people. So, anyway, um, that's my long-winded answer to that question. That's great. <laughs> Well, so you just mentioned, that we're talking about the Clone Wars, and you just mentioned like some of the, one of the characters you'd like to see come back. But if you had three characters, and we obviously know you have no control over this, from the Clone Wars, that you would like to see interact with the crew on the Ghost, who would they be? Oh, dude. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, okay, well... If Asajj Ventress could come back, she, her, her role at the end there, she was kind of a mercenary. She could kind of go either way. I would give my left arm <laughs> for Asajj to join our battle. I mean, how, how dope would that be? Her lightsabers alone. Um, and, of course, Ahsoka. Dude, come on, please. Um, but I'm trying to think... Who else would be really key outside of the other characters that that I mentioned? Um, hmm. Well, because I mean, Obi Wan's already in it. Well, I'll tell you one of mine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I want to stick. Sure, sure. One of mine. I want I want Hondo to show up. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I I got you there. Uh, my other, I I love um, Savage, but we wouldn't see that guy or any of the characters in uh, over in Darth Mir. Um, trying to think who would be helpful. I just I keep going. Hey, you know what? Maybe we bring back a little Chomson Dula. <laughs> you know, or Ayla Sakura bring some some Twi'lek action to the party. That that wouldn't hurt my feelings. Uh, oh, Ayla. I love Ayla Sakura. Anyway. So do I. So do I. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we'll all, we'll see together. You never know, man. You never know. No, you don't ever know. That's one of the things I love about Dave, too, is that you really never know what he'll do. Yeah. And, um, that guy, that guy, the kind of reminds me of Hondo a little bit. He does a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I hope Hondo comes back. That's that. That would be cool. 
was I would crazy. love to see his his interaction with him between Kanan and him. I think that would be fantastic. Oh yeah, with his his motley crew, right? <laughs> Hondo definitely <laughs> had some wacky people following him around. Um, Stephen, I think you're really good questions. Thank you for all these. They're very thought-provoking. Yeah, so another kind of reaction question. Mm-hmm. But obviously we just, I want to say it was earlier today or yesterday, we found out that Rebels had been renewed for season two. Like, how did it here to find out that you'd be doing this for another year? Um, I had a couple people on Twitter DM me this morning, congratulations, and I was like, uh, thank you. I had no idea what they were talking about. And then uh, one fan emailed me and said, congratulations. And I said, where, where did you hear this? Because um, I don't really know why you're telling me this. And how do you know about it? Like, <laughs> and then he emailed me the Hollywood Reporter thing. And, um, you know, and then I thought, okay, this isn't like a dream. This is really happening. <laughs> so... Yeah, that that uh, it was an interesting morning at the gym for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there. I've never been recognized for anything I've ever done. Literally, I've lived this anonymous lifestyle. You know, Black Widow, Mary Jane, Black Canary, Poison Ivy. No one cares, which is fine by me. I don't, you know, I don't need to be recognized. But I'm over lifting some weights, and some guy comes up to me and he's like you're in the new Star Wars cartoon. And I dropped the weights and I said, I'm sorry, what? I've never been recognized anywhere (laughs) for anything. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was weird. All these people were talking to me in the gym this morning. And, um, yeah, I might want to start, like, fixing my hair when I show up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I kind of, I just put it back in a ponytail. I don't know. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's been an interesting day. I'm thrilled to hear that. Yeah, it's it's a really good day. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is the biggest or maybe just a misconception about, like, how you do this job? Because I feel like a lot of fans probably assume that either you are involved in certain ways that you're not or that you have, you know, a certain amount of responsibility for story material when maybe you don't. And uh, I feel like that, that clouds a lot of perceptions. Is there anything that, that you see that you want to maybe say, you know, here's how this actually works? Well, you know, um, I think I have more to say on that uh, with regard to the Star Wars games that I've done because most of those – I played Jan Wars and um, I played a, a couple Jedi. I, I've done a bunch of different roles, um, and all of those were recorded by ourselves. But the stuff that you guys actually would see in the game if you played it, you would think that we were all in the same room together recording at the same time. Um, that was shocking to me to actually find those things on YouTube and see how they seamlessly came together. So one, I mean, someone may see something like that and think, oh, wow, they worked really well together. It's like I never even knew who was playing whom um, because I was alone in a room with someone up north, you know, uh, from Lucasfilm on the phone directing me. And I walked in, I read things, I left. (laughs) And um, 
So I wouldn't have guessed that, that it would all come together like that. Whereas I think our process is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, what you would imagine, um, or maybe I take it for granted because it's just what we do every day, but we get a script um, sometimes a week before, sometimes a day before. We read it on our own. We come in, like I said, Dave sort of coaches us. Then we break the script down. We read it out loud. And in several hours, we're done. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what you guys might imagine that we do um, that that is other than that process. Uh, it was more shocking for me some of the Star Wars games. How I was in an isolation tank, and yet Jennifer Hale and I had a beautiful conversation <laughs> in one part of the game, and I never saw her. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have any specific questions as to, uh, well, they do film us. They do film us while we're recording, um, and the outtakes on that would probably be priceless, but, <laughs> um, they do that to have sort of a video reference of our facial expressions. That was unexpected. You know, for me, they, they only do that level of um, scrutiny, uh, certainly in video games, for the same reason. Uh, they didn't do it for the Star Wars games, but um, that's something that surprised me, that there would be a camera on me the entire time I'm reading. Uh, but it does help, because I see when I see the animated script and I see the characters and how they think and move, it's, it is very similar to our natural gestures, so they must be using uh, what they find on the camera if they don't know how to animate, animate something. Maybe they search through and find how we literally said the line. Um, so that's, that's nothing I would assume about the process. So that is one unique thing. Uh, for that's Rebel. something I've, I've noticed that Disney does. They do that with like their animated films as they film oh. them while they're recording and then they try to use some of their movements and stuff for the characters in the film. So things kind of That's like true. Yeah, for Aladdin. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah, Aladdin and, and they've done it for they did it for Frozen. Um, sure. Sure, sure. So speaking huh. of Disney and Star Wars, mm -hmm. if you could compare a Hera to a Disney character, who would you pick? Ah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're welcome. Whoa. Yeah, no man, I have to get back to you on that one. I'll see you at New York Comic Con. I'll we'll have to chew on that. I mean that's I've I've not seen a character like Hera in animation yet. I mean someone who who has no superpowers, you know, no force sensibilities, if you will, no wizardry abilities, you know, as as some of the feminine hero, heroes that I'm thinking of are heroines in the Disney narratives. She's, you know, obviously she's not human, she's Twi'lek, but um, she's an ordinary person doing extraordinary things. And I'm trying to think of uh, women who fit that similar description. I mean, I, not to say that those characters don't face challenges, 
um, but her cerebral abilities are matched by her physical capabilities. Um, and each character that I'm thinking of, as you ask this question, they fall short on either side of that spectrum. They may have the physical strength that she has, but they don't have the heart that she has. They may have the cunning uh, wit that she has, but they don't have the brawn. So I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> Who well, would you say? I have two. Got I have two. Okay. I have two. Um, I have Sally from Cars because of her mothering nature and stuff like that. Okay, and, okay, okay. And and Nala from The Lion King. Those oh, are my two. Nala. Yeah, that's interesting. I do think about Nala from time to time. That's interesting. I voiced Nala for uh, one of the video games for Disney, or two of them maybe for Lion King. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, of course, they're not. They don't fill all of the aspects of her. But when mm -hmm. I thought about it, those were the two that popped into my head. Yeah. I would vote for Nala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she tells Simba what to do. Exactly. Yes. Uh huh. And she's strong. As well, exactly. and nurturing. Yeah. Yep. Well done, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the filming, and I think that's a really cool aspect of the way they do things at Lucasfilm. Um, and I'm, I'm reminded of um, something that happened on Clone Wars where I think it was Ashley would use a pencil as a lightsaber and uh, to sort of get into character more. And oh. I guess, do you... Do you do anything, you know, do you do like the finger blaster or like, do you, do you like use any props, you know, while you're filming or recording? Well, uh, no, I don't. Um, I box, uh, I train like three days a week. I box with an MMA fighter dude and a poor guy. And, um, uh, and I also, um, am skilled in weaponry, uh, you know, I don't want to get into a discussion about uh, firearms, but, um, but just the idea of protecting oneself is something that has been important to me as a woman. Um, I've seen, you know, people who've experienced physical violence, and I feel more confident being able to take care of myself in that way. I do not own one. But, um, but anyway, because I have a sort of a, a literal physical understanding of the tasks at hand, I will sometimes act out those gestures uh, but I don't, I don't, like, if I pick up a phone, go, hello, with a <laughs> hang loose hand, just, <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I don't think that goes on. I do think that when we're punching things or jumping or making leaping sounds, we do sort of make those movements physically to mimic them. Um, but, uh, but no, no. <laughs> I, I don't have like a little blaster that I use, but that's, that's such a great idea. I mean, I'm not a Jedi either. Like, I, I mean, if I had a lightsaber, yeah, I might need a pencil, <laughs> you know, cause that's foreign to me. Um, I know how to deal with a handgun, but I don't, I, okay, dude, yes, I have lightsabers, but <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I have been challenged to duels. Don't, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that going on in our cast, but that that is pretty cool. Yeah, I remember watching the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, the Darth Maul uh, section with Sam, and 
I loved watching him physicalize that character. I don't know if you've seen that footage. It's really, really outstanding. Because it really, you, it makes a difference. He was contorting and... Um, Getting into it. Oh, he did such a good job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll bring a water gun to the next record. <laughs> I'll tell him, guys, look, I'm just getting into this, so <laughs> look out. <laughs> you guys, I think that we was... have time for one last question each. Okay. All right, well, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I'm, I've been trying to think of an out-of-the-box question to ask. I don't think I can match Teresa's, but... So imagine that Kanan is off on a, maybe not a mission, but he's off on a shopping trip. You think mm-hmm. Harry's going to sneak into that room and play with the lightsaber? Never. 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 No way. No way. Not I think she, <laughs> no, no, she's no Ezra. No. I don't, I I think she leaves that to the professionals, and I don't think she would invade his space. I think she respects him, and she would never do anything to infringe on him in in that way. That's his. That is his object, and uh, I I really think she would just defer, and uh, would never even want to touch it. I really don't think so. Sorry, that's like a negative answer, but. No, it, it, it says a lot about her character. Yeah, it, no way. I don't even think she would touch it, honestly. Um, she needs him to operate that desperately. And um, even grabbing his lightsaber and playing with it with his, while he's out on a mission would, would bring a kind of dishonesty and a, a level of um, mischief that clouds their goals. And that's that when I'm when I say Harris focus, that's how focused she is. Even that energy on her ship would be troublesome. She would never do it. So. Okay, Eric, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, go ahead. Okay, so since it's October and everybody's <laughs> planning, everybody's planning Halloween costumes. Have you decided what you're going to be? And if you have, is it Star Wars? Well, I do have my LeCou. <laughs> um, I've been threatening to uh, dress up as Hera, and I've actually I've ordered uh, femme stormtrooper gear <laughs> and also Bo-Katan gear because, dude, she's awesome. Um, but I actually I have a deal with uh, Courtney Taylor that because <laughs> we kind of look like sisters. I don't know if you know her. She's uh, an amazing voiceover actress, um, and she was actually in the Clone Wars. She was also um, in. Uh, she's in Mass Effect. Uh, and anyway, we look very similar. And we were supposed to dress up like Angelina Jolie in uh, Maleficent. <laughs> we wanted to walk around with a full headdress, and like <laughs> that was. We've been threatening to do that for the holiday season, so. We kind of have the, the, the eyes for it, I think. So, you know, it's anyone's guess at this point. No, I'm I'm undecided. But those those are the contenders. They're good ones. Very good yeah. ones. 
<laughs> you know, the thing is, if I wear green lacou, it's a little too on the nose, people. You know? <laughs> right? It's like, okay, Vanessa, relax. Like, <laughs> like okay, you, you may be crossing some kind of line there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's always I, the, the, the best fail-safe costume if you're ever in a bind. Freudian slip. You get a gray beard and you wear a slip. Done. <laughs> Done. Any Halloween party, I'm, I can't decide. I'm like, Freudian slip, people, let's do this. It's not that I have a beard lying around. <laughs> those, those are easy enough to get at a drugstore, you know, around the holiday season. Anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I guess last question. Let's say, Vanessa, you're at the gym again, and oh, uh, someone comes up to you and says, hey, aren't you in uh, Star Wars Rebels? What's that all about? What would be your, you know, your elevator pitch? I don't know why you're suddenly in an elevator in the gym, but let's just say, you know, someone wants to know what this show is all about. How would you explain it to them and get them to watch? Oh, man. Well, I, first of all, I would ask if they're aware of the whole Star Wars saga, and did they ever have any questions about how the Rebel Alliance was formed? And if so, you will definitely want to tune in to get more background information to make the original trilogy even more delicious soul food than it already is. And, uh, and then I would probably talk about each character and why they're so funny and cool and how you would want to hang out with them anyway. And the fact that you can on a weekly basis is is just such a cool gift. <laughs> um, and uh, depending on what they look like, I might go into some of the force elements or some of the more spiritual aspects and why it's so meaningful. But I'd have to get like on a nerd meter, like where they fall <laughs> before I like really started breaking it down. <laughs> I try and go easy on strangers, <laughs> you know. Um, but like, if they're hardcore, oh, I would flail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true Star Wars fans. I really bow down. I mean, I, I don't even pretend to be as knowledgeable as. as many of them. I learn more every day. That's what's so great about it. There's always more to learn. I mean, how could I forget Kitwar? Seriously, man. <laughs> you know? Sorry about that. No, no. I mean, but that's the thing. I adored that character, and for some reason, maybe my adoration was so severe that I did not retain his name. But guess what? I just got another nugget today. Thank you, Teresa. So... You know, that's the cool thing. And I'm not a bad person for not remembering the poor Wookiee's name, but I I learn more every day. So I'm, I'm, I humble myself to that task and uh, hope I can fill those shoes and, and live up to it. <laughs> so well, well, I'd probably, I think probably high-five the dude in the elevator and, and then I'd bounce. <laughs> I think all of us would agree that you're doing a fantastic job, not only for fandom, but for Star Wars in general and representing the brand. So, Aww, Yay. thank you. That means the world to me, seriously. Thank you so much. That's really cool to hear. <laughs> and with that, we'd like to thank Vanessa Marshall for joining us for this interview. She's always a pleasure to talk to, and as you heard, she's a fantastic ambassador for the Star Wars brand. 
We'd also like to thank Eric and Teresa for being our co-interviews. We encourage you to check out their podcasts as well. You can find them on forcecast.net and Jedi News. And, of course, Tracy over at Lucasfilm for arranging everything. Make sure to tune in to the Disney Channel and Disney XD tonight for the series premiere of Star Wars Rebels. And stay tuned for a review of Spark of Rebellion on Saturday. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or their respective trademark or copyrights. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2014.